2: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the LPN Show. Recorded both in Los Angeles and New York City. We're just, you know, here to hang out. Have a good time. All right. I'll talk to you all after a while.
3: Well, look who it is. <laughs> oh, Mr. So-and-so, Marcus Parks and Jackie Zabrowski reunited once again. <laughs> Welcome to the LPN show, Marcus. Marcus, baby, I love you. I miss you. How are you? Is
2: that Jackie Zabrowski? I spy over there <laughs> in Los Angeles.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's me, I think the only difference uh, between now and all the pastimes is that I'm in workout clothes and I'm all sweaty. I'm sweatier (laughs) than I used to be, but not in like a bad way, like in a good way, like in a fun way. Uh,
2: (laughs) Of course, of course. I mean, it's been, what, uh,
3: three years since you and me have recorded a solo show together, just the two of us together? Yeah, it's just us chickens left alone in the coop. And what will they discuss? Nobody knows, including us, which is what the fun of this show is. That's right.
2: I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, many years ago, me and you did Sex and Other Human Activities together for many, many years, talking about our bad brain business and all the shit that went on in our lives. And I would say we're much more stable now. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that fucking nuts?
3: Sometimes it really does kind of blow my mind that between, so we have Sex and Other Human Activities, which is on the last podcast network. Mm-hmm. We also had Roundtable of Gentlemen mm-hmm. that like you can actually listen to us grow up. Yeah. You can actually hear in real time two people become a little bit more mentally stable. <laughs> and I'm scared to listen. Have you ever listened back to any of them?
2: God, no. No, 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 I
3: can't do it. I'm so scared. I get so scared.
2: No, I would never want to revisit and go. It would be like looking back at uh, at old journals. Like, I mean, for those of you who've who've never heard Sex and the Human Activities, because you know we've got a lot of people that have started listening to LPN in the last few years and have never gone back into right. those archives. Like it was a mental health talk show that me and Jackie did together where we talked very openly. And very personally yes. about our various yes. mental illnesses. Uh, mm-hmm. And going back and listening to those now, it's like I would imagine I have actually gone back and like I, every once in a while, like I'll find this stack of journals in my closet and I'll accidentally open it up and like maybe read about three sentences and just go,
3: no, thank you, run, 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 run. But you still, like, you can't get rid of them though. No, I still have a whole stack. I, I've got a whole shelf dedicated to journals of the days of yore that I still have that, you know, the ones that I left in my house, I'm pretty sure my mom just threw away, which is pretty devastating. I think she read them and then threw them away, <laughs> which is a whole other basket of worms that we're not going to get into right now. But I will say that for a long time when I couldn't afford... Uh, when I didn't have health insurance I couldn't get therapy Marcus was my therapist yeah. we were we were therapists for each other
2: yeah we absolutely were like I I was going to therapy twice a week once with my therapist and once with you uh, mm-hmm. and because again sometimes we would just sit and talk for two hours and then realize oh fuck we don't have enough time to record an episode this week and then we'd have to put out a mea culpa on social media yep. and say, like, yeah, sorry, guys. Like, wasn't really feeling it this week. So uh, we'll be back next week, maybe.
3: We'll be back. <laughs> and all that was, you know, it's like because it's only that kind of show that you can say to your listeners, hey, we're having a bad brain week. Can't do it. Mm-hmm. Because we were so open. And that is something that I look at now and realize that I don't think I think that if I was this age and starting a show like that, There's no way I would ever be as open as I was when we were just, you know, chain smoking in the back of a backyard and then going into a basement to record our thoughts and our feelings that were very personal.
2: Being insanely open about everything.
3: Yeah. And I miss being that open sometimes. I do, I feel sometimes that in my, in our regular lives, that we don the the face of what we think that we need to be, Mm -hmm. and there's no, it's good to be, but I find that I am actually a lot more open in my friendships, and in my partner, like with my partner now, than I was then, because I would just talk to you, and we were talking to a microphone, and it was as, we acted as if no one could hear it. Yeah. We really
2: did. I mean, because we talked for usually the episodes would be like 30, 45 minutes, and uh, we didn't really give any thought as to who was listening or why we were talking. It was mostly just trying to, I don't know, feel better. It really was like a a therapy session uh, writ large and put out... uh, to, but at the time, just I mean, just thousands of people, but still, yeah, still thousands of people.
3: <laughs> yes, and you just can't think about it. You cannot. You can't think about it. You got to shut your brain off and be like, ah, I'm just talking to Marcus. There's nobody else going to hear it. What if my mother had found it? She still doesn't know that sex and other human activities exist, and we did it for years.
2: Oh, God, we did it for so. Yeah, I think we did it for five or six years, something like that. Yeah, a very, yeah. very long time. And it's all still out there, like it's still available and people still listen. Like when Yeah. When uh We go out and do uh, live shows and do like the meet and greets and things like that. Like people still uh, say uh, that the show really helped them. They still say that they listen to it on the regular, Uh, and it makes me very proud that you know we put something out that you know still helps people. Uh, But I don't want to go back and listen to it, and I don't want like I don't want to I don't want to revisit it at all because you know. That's the thing is that those years uh, when we were developing the network and creating all this shit that has turned into what it is now, like those were some of the darkest years of my fucking life. You know like oh, yeah it wasn't really until uh, i mean this is not a th- this is not a causation type of thing, but you know when we stopped doing sex on the human activities, like that was sort of when my mental health finally reached a point of stability you know that i've been able to hold on to for about you know three years now. You know, and part of that has to do with my wife. A a big part of that has to do with my wife. Um, Of course. Yeah, but that's the funny thing is that I realized, like, since the last time me and you have recorded together, I've gotten engaged and married. <laughs>
3: in, in, all, in this time span, this is what happens. Maybe we needed to stop. I'm in by far the healthiest relationship I've ever been in in my entire life. I'm the most mentally stable I've ever been. Maybe we just should have stopped the show earlier. Maybe that was the problem. Are we bad for each other, Marcus? Do we revel in each other's unhappiness, Marcus? No, no. we love each other. No,
2: correlation is not necessarily causation. You're uh, right it just, about that. It, it just it just so happened yeah you know that and that's over the last few years yeah i know i've grown as a as a fucking person in ways that it's actually i've grown so much and is and i'm such a different person i was three years ago it's it's hard to articulate it it's hard to really think back on it and think like who was i Three years ago. Like, what kind of person yeah. was I three years ago, four years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago? You know, when people mentioned things that we talked about uh, on the fucking Roundtable of Gentlemen in 2013, I'm like, man, you listened to that yesterday. For me, that was Seven years ago.
3: Seven years ago. I don't remember any of it. And you're damn right I'm not going to be listening to it because I don't want to know. Because that is it is a look into the deepest, darkest parts of my brain. Yeah. And it's the same way, you know, we as a collective went through such a heartache in losing Kevin Barnett. Yeah. And that's another reason why When when you look at what we've been doing for so long, and that you can not only hear us grow up, but go back and listen to one of your best friends in your conversations. Yeah, it's it, I, can't. I can't, I can't do it. my my brain can't do it I can because do I it. start to and then I shut it off and I just and I feel like I guess it was something that I and that's something I wrote about for a long time that was like why can't I get over it. And accept that, and be able to enjoy the, the fact that I get to still listen to him, that I can still listen to our conversations, and I should look at it from the other side of that. But I think maybe that's just something that will come in time.
2: Yeah, yeah, it'll come. I, I still, yeah, I haven't listened to a roundtable episode in, in years, um, and, and it's and that I, I don't, I don't know if I could, I don't know if I'm ready to do that yet. You know, like that's yeah. that's a pretty. It's a pretty fucking intense thing, and I yeah, I, I don't I don't know if I'm ready for that one just yet. But we got heavy real fast, didn't yeah, we? I- This
1: is
0: Marcus. This is why I love you and I miss
3: you. Uh, Because we, man, we just get right into the mean of it. You want to have a conversation? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we'll have a conversation. No smiles ever. No, we are smiling. We are smiling. No, I still think it is something that I think about almost every single day that Marcus coined that it is not your fault. It is your responsibility. It is something I say to myself almost every single day about my mental stability and about being able to talk about things and understanding the fact that I used to cry a lot and now I cry gonna go ahead and say... more than I used to cry but I can't look at it as a bad thing yeah that it is now the kind of thing where I I have a partner that he asks why I'm crying and not in a bad way it is more of a why are you crying let's figure out what's making you cry Mm -hmm. and let's talk about it
2: yeah and not why are you crying could you stop crying so we can do something else
3: can you please never cry ever again I wish you know that is a, that is something that will never go away. I cry when I'm happy. I cry when I'm sad. I cry when I'm angry. I it is. Uh, I think that uh, sometimes people assume that I am over exaggerating, but I can guarantee you I am not.
2: Oh no, I, I've I've i'm definitely a little easier to cry nowadays but in a good way like the other day was about uh two weeks ago like we were you know working on an episode of no dogs in space and uh you know we were doing an episode on the ramones and we were talking about how they at one point lived in the same hotel as tom waits back in the 70s and so i figured you know we always play music on uh no dogs to you know Give people a little bit of context. Uh, give them a taste. You give them a little taste. Uh, and, you know, the song, the Ramones song, that, or, or the Tom Waits song that the Ramones famously covered was I Don't Want to Grow Up. So, like, okay, we'll play I Don't Want to Grow Up for Tom Waits, and I just kind of put it on, and I've listened to that song, I don't know, five, six, hundred, seven, hundred times, you know, hundreds upon hundreds of times. Yeah. Love the song. Uh, song it's near and dear to me, but I put it on, and within about three lines of Tom Waits singing – I was silently sobbing at my desk, like for no yeah. fucking reason. With <laughs> like I, I don't is happening? grow up, just like I don't know what's happening, and like, and I tried to stop it for a second because I fucking hate crying. I hate crying. Worse than anything else on this fucking earth. It gives me a headache. You know, I fucking, I, I hate it. It hurts. It physically hurts me. But I just fucking yeah. let it go on that one. I just fucking let it go. And by the time the song ended, I was done. Uh, and then I just uh, went over to the living room and went to Carolina, my wife, and was just my wife, and just my said... <laughs> <laughs> it
3: was just
2: like, hey, I just uh, kind of broke down listening to a Tom Wade song. That's real fucking weird, but I love you, so... All right, and then I just gave her a kiss, and
3: then went back to work. <laughs> <And> <laughs> right back to work, and right back to work. Ugh. And they are uh, man, our partners are both so used to, so used to. Uh, I mean, I'm—I don't mean to speak for Carolina, but I—I'm assuming the—the the walkout of working for hours just to say something very upsetting, and then to turn around and come right back inside of <laughs> um, just like, well, I'm gonna keep. Especially we've been doing all these pop history episodes when I when I do someone that is. a very, we just did Gilda Radner. It was very difficult for me. And I would just come out to Jeff and I was like, did you know that before she went into the CT scan that put her into a coma and she never woke up from, she begged Gene Wilder not to let her go in. She begged him. She said, there's something wrong. Please don't make me go in. Please don't make me go in. And he held her and he looked her in the eyes and said darling, it's going to be okay. I'll see you on the other side. And she never fucking woke up. I'm not going to start crying right now. <laughs> but I will tell you that I did walk out and read that passage to Jeff. Jeff's like, go back in there. God, <laughs> keep, you keep working. I was like, but. <laughs> and then he held me as I cried. And that's okay.
2: It's totally fine. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I do. Everyone, I mean, she, what? because we've been working together uh, in the same house for, two years now uh because we yeah we've been living together for two and a half three years something like that and we've been Mm. working both working from home working on our you know respective shows for a couple of years uh and so like when all this shit hit like we were already knew how to do this like we've we've been in this mode for a long time so she has definitely gotten used to me going out and just talking shit through you know when i don't when i'm kind of stuck at uh a point with when it comes to like last podcast or something, uh, and I don't know where the fuck to go next, like, and I don't know what the perspective is, and I don't know what fucking story I'm telling. I'll uh, just, she's very used to me, like, going out, talking for a little while, and then having that moment of, like ah, that's it, that's, that's fucking it. it, that's it, and, ah. then, so, and then I kiss her, and say, I love you, darling, and then I was like, I go, and she's like, okay, have fun, and then <laughs> I'll get back to it. But now, you know, on No Dogs, like, we work together so fucking closely. Constantly yeah. on this shit. So now it's, now she's coming in and, you know, telling me, she like, did you know that Johnny Ramon didn't call Joey when Joey was dying of lymphoma? And he, uh, he regretted it afterwards. I'm like, Ugh. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I, was just like, I bet, I bet. I bet yeah, they did. I bet that was a real fucking bomber. Bet sure. that was a real
2: big fucking bomber. Uh.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> do you have any advice for people that work with their partners on projects? Now, I know that you guys, so again, same with in my household. I work from home fairly often. So we're used to and so does Jeff. So we're used to working around each other. What do you have any advice for keeping things positive with not only a partner that that you work with, but also one that you work with from home and live with.
2: I mean, it is... That's the funny thing is that it, it is difficult at times, but one of the things that we found is that it like it actually shortens fights. Really? Yeah, it actually shortens fights because we... Uh, there's not a whole lot of time for the him and hawing. There's not a whole lot of time for bullshit, you know? There, there's not right. a, lo- like a whole lot of time for, you know, like, let's extend this. Like we, We've gotten to where we, um, like, fights will end like that. Like, they'll end so fast because we've gotten so good at communicating with each other on projects, like, on work. Like, we can, since we're working with each other so closely, like, the key i mean it's like any fucking relationship it's all about communication it's all about like right. this is what you know i want from this what do you want from this and the kind of give and take that you have to have in any creative relationship like it's the same thing with a romantic relationship so we've gotten and since we started doing no dogs and we've gotten so fucking good at communicating with each other that when we do have conflicts like the inevitable conflicts, like they end very fast. So I would say like my biggest relationship advice is like, just find your fucking common language, find the way that Mm -hmm. that you communicate with each other and find uh, the path of least resistance every time to end in that shit. And to, you know, of course not ending things prematurely, but making sure that you both understand each other.
3: Right, and especially in times when you're fighting and there is no resolution, and that it is just, okay, well we have to compromise, or this must be done now, and it is coming to a point. And there's also that, it's that back and forth of trying to figure out when there is no answer to what you were fighting about, to accepting that this is the end of it and letting it lie for now. Yeah. Because sometimes you can't talk your way out of the paper bag. No. Sometimes you're just in the bag. It's just like, well, we're both in the bag. Yeah. And now we gotta get out of the bag. <laughs> Because we have to record this episode. (laughs) So let's tear a little window in the paper bag. And
0: then uh, we've got a little light coming. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/activecash.
1: Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, "I love
2: you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore." It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him.
1: Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit CARON.org slash lost.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: It's tough. I mean, it it is difficult to, to do a creative relationship. And, you know, and we're also we're around each other constantly. Like we're around mm. each other all the time, uh, but luckily, like it is one of those things where the quarantine uh, has made us both realize, like you know, we made the right decision. Like it, it yeah. is one of those because I, like, yes, I've man, I was walking down the street the other day, walking the dog, and it was about nine o'clock at night, and there was this couple that was having their quarantine breakup on the sidewalk, like just this woman. They were both walking the dog, and this woman just yelling at this fucking guy, and the dude just looking at his phone. And then she just very uh, quietly said, I don't want to be with you anymore. And, uh, and he didn't say anything. He just kept uh, following her. And then I saw them like again on like the on the way back, like because no. we got on, like a little circuit with my dog. And then on the way back, like it was, I saw them again, uh, and he's still just following her, and she's in a fucking snit. I would say that was Jesus. about one of the biggest snits, and it made me very thankful uh, so that thankful. I that I married the right woman,
3: dude. Isn't it? Especially, I feel like. In the best and the worst ways possible, everything that's happening right now puts everything in a very different perspective. And hopefully I think that it will help a lot of people in the long run. But of course, change no matter what is difficult to handle. But I do. In fact, before we started recording, I was talking with Marcus about how I look at New York as an ex I, I see New York as an ex-boyfriend because for me, New York was toxic. Yeah. It is something that I needed to distance myself from. And in looking at my life now and, not, and understanding that this life is not for everybody and looking at my partner and looking at my situation, I realize I don't know how I would have gotten through this quarantine in my old life. Yeah. Not that my life is completely different, but it kind of is. It is. And, it, and you guys that are listening to this heard the entire change of of me of my transition getting to this point and i look at my life and you have to even if everything is rough right now it is i think this is an important time in all of our lives to look around and realize what we are appreciative of of the of the things that we've lost and the things that we are gaining through this and and again the appreciation of the shift in perspectives of being able to look at a couple like that and be like man rather than just being like ah, that fucking sucks it's more <laughs> of a of understanding of like no man okay i'm okay we're okay yeah. everything's okay
2: yeah we're okay but also not feeling bad when things like aren't okay you know even though right like i said you know, uh, I'm in a much better fucking mental state than I was, you know, three years ago. I absolutely am, but I've still had to do up therapy to twice a week in the last, you know, couple of months. Like, I've been doing therapy twice a week to make sure that my shit stays on track, you know. Because yes. I, I saw it, because when you're dealing with, uh, you know, the, all the mental illness shit, like, the older you get, it it's weird. It gets harder and easier at the same time. The way that it gets easier is you can see it coming from further away is that your sight yes. gets better. Your your fucking your vision gets better. It's like where before, you know, it would just fucking boom, it's just there, it's right in front of you and there's no fucking warning. When as you get older and you you work on it constantly, you never stop working on it like you can really see it coming from far away. And I was like seeing a big fucking bull coming barreling towards of me around March. Like I saw like a big, big fucking bull coming, big mean fucker. Uh, and so yeah. before it really came, but and before it got here, like I started doing, talking to my therapist, like all right, we're gonna do it twice a week now, uh, to make sure and keep that fucker at bay. And you know, I've been able to, you know, and that's and the other thing too is that it it ain't just me now, you know. Like when you're, right. you know, it it ain't just me. It's uh, I got a little family going now, uh, yeah. and so there's a lot more there's a lot more to lose there's a lot more to keep got you know there's a lot more to like fucking hold on to at this moment mm-hmm. but even if you know even if i was just by myself i'd still be doing the same shit like it's not it, i'd still be holding on to what i got you know and i'd still be preparing for the bad times when they come uh right. and put batting down the fucking hatches you know, every time. And I had to I had to batten down the hatches now. Like I had to fucking do it to keep going and keep putting out two shows a week and keep the fucking you know, keep all the network shit running and all that. And
3: getting out of bed every day and also mm-hmm. and dealing with you and, and making sure you're eating properly and making sure you take the vitamins and doing all that because you have because you can't lose you in the sight of looking ahead. No. And you can't lose you in your present space just because you're so busy looking ahead. So it's like it's also finding that balance. It's a very it's it's difficult to do. It's difficult to keep everything in check, not only in your own little family, but everyone surrounding you. And I think that we as a network have been reaching out to each other more through all of these bad times of being like the mental health check. How you doing? Yeah. <laughs> everything good? You OK? Yeah. You OK? Oh, you're not OK. Let's have a cop. All right. Let me get on the phone. Yeah. Let's have a conversation. And it's remembering that not only, I think that's why when people are getting so down on themselves about how productive they are in this time period, it's taking so much energy to check in with yourself, check in with your partner, check in with the kids, check in with all of your friends. That it is something that we don't usually spend our time doing these things. Yeah. And I think that that's something that I'm also taking from this experience is the reaching out more rather than trying than just staying cooped up inside of my brain. It We should be doing those mental health checks from far away more often outside of quarantine as well. Yeah. Because we get so wrapped up in this day to day. And I know that, of course, I see the memes out there. They're talking about how like Mother Earth is healing itself. You know what? All those things are great. I'm not saying they're not great. Yeah. But it is, is at a very important time that I think that it is also remembering that, like, while Mother Nature is healing itself, we should be healing ourselves or at least putting salves on the burns that we don't have time to deal with. I mean, one of the
2: things that I have been thinking about, I guess, you know, when you first asked me, like, uh, to do this show with you, and I started thinking over the last couple of days, like, what is really, like, kind of like, what have I learned? from uh, the last few years of like working on my mental health and all that shit. Like what what is the most important thing that I learned? I can say the most important thing that I learned and it's sort of why like sex and other human activities like can't continue or why I couldn't continue on is because like when I was doing that show, like it seemed like every fucking week I had a new trick or I had a new phrase or I had a new like thing that I'm like, all right, this is gonna fix it all. Man, I got it figured out now. I got everything fucking figured out. And this is fucking. This is it, man. This is how I'm going to fucking get through it. This is how I'm going to fucking stabilize my brain. And this is how everything is going to fucking work for me. And I realize now that that's not how it works. Like, that's not how mental health works. Like, it is a long game. It is a very yes. long game. And each one of those little things helped along the way. One thing builds on another, builds on another. But there is no fucking quick fix there's no small like there's no trick to any of it it's a long long process uh and it would be difficult for me to go back to that show every week and say like yep still working on it
3: still because then (laughs) you start you start to lose things to talk about because you're right there's not unfortunately there is not a there's not something that happens every week that you, there's not an epiphany every week. Mm -mm. And forcing that, that just creates more anxiety the more you need to have an epiphany every week that you don't, that's forcing yourself into a box that you don't need To be doing for yourself and it weirdly is i know it sounds silly because it's a podcast but it was kind of a dangerous game we were playing with our own mental stability of of having to be able to properly explain it outside of a therapy situation to people that don't really know you very well of the ins and outs of your of your inner thoughts and it it's difficult to do when you're not well, <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> we were we were in very both very dark periods of our lives while we were doing it. Yeah. And and now I realize what I've learned since the last time we recorded sex and other human activities is that I thought I had control over everything. And I think. What I realize now is when you realize and you know you have control over everything is the time in your life when you don't it is the it is the yeah. point in time when you actually have the least control over things because it what like i was I was blackout drunk every single day for years, and yeah. I wasn't dealing with it i and I think that that was part of it it's like I'm talking to other people I'm dealing with my mental stability it's like No, when you're not, you're not dealing with it, though. You're you're pretending like you're dealing with it. You're not. And sometimes you need to just push away from everything that is that that is your control and what you have control over and reassess and go back to the drawing board. And then sometimes you move in with your brother for a year, you know, and you live with your brother and his newlywed wife (laughs) and you and you're trying to date. You're bringing home men that leave you at the door and your brother. Oh, my God, there was one time, Marcus, I don't know if I even told you about this. I was on a date with someone and Henry knew I was out and I let him know that I was coming back and he. The dude walked me to the door and was going to come in because I thought Henry was asleep because he didn't respond. But in reality, Henry was sitting in his underpants on the couch (laughs) with Wendy on his lap, just being like oh, hello, sir. Hi, my name is Henry. Are you coming into my home right now? He's like, oh, oh, no. And he's like, no, 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 please. There's plenty of space on the couch. And he's almost nude. And I just turned I was like, you've got to leave. Thank you. And then I turned around and I was like, wait are you doing today? I'm like I'm 30 years old screaming that at my brother. You know, it's times like that we realize. You know, I wouldn't even. I know that that wasn't even my rock bottom. That was on my way back up. Yeah, and yet still. um, No, I wouldn't say it was your rock
2: bottom. I was gonna say that. That sounds like a hell of. That's a transitional phase right there.
3: Wow. Yeah. Sounds
2: like a transition, <laughs> not a, a transition on the, on the upswing.
3: On the upswing. <laughs> and, you know, not everybody has that uh, that kind of relationship with a sibling that you can go, hey, I mean, that is the third time of my life that Henry, I've gone to Henry and say, hey, I'm at my rock bottom. Or at this point in time when he said, hey, you're at your rock bottom and you need help. Yeah. Let me help you. And that is one of the worst it's hard. It's hard. It's very difficult yeah. to hear those words out of somebody's mouth. And you got to let them sometimes. Sometimes you got to let people help you. Yeah. And right now we have to remember that even though I know it's separate together. It's separate together. I'm doing <laughs> girl power peace fingers right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> but we are separate together. And then we all do have a community of people. We yeah. have like you. We always have somebody to talk to. Every the, the people that you know, they're a Zoom away. They're a phone call away. They're a text away. And. It's a, it is still, even though we're on our way out of, I mean, kind of, I don't know what's happening in the world, but we, things, it, you know, things are murky in our future. It's remembering to reach out to each other. And, you know, I I was, I wanted to talk to you about like Anthony Hopkins joining TikTok, but then we (laughs) got, you know, now I'm going down memory lane in my brain. Oh,
2: I know. No, I, (laughs) I think er, earlier when you said like chat, like chasing epiphanies like I think that's what I was doing I know that's what I was doing I was doing that for fucking ever like chasing that epiphany chasing that fucking shortcut like trying to find that one little thing that was going to make everything better and it wasn't until well one until I stopped drinking a whole bunch Mm -hmm. that helped that that helped a ton because I'd finally realized like how much drinking really had an effect on depression on the depression side of my uh, manic depression. Manic dr- makes you drink. Depression is after drink.
3: Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it, you know what? Isn't it great when you're a drunk and also manic depressive? Because same, it, it's you know what you create your own cycle. Then it's just like, oh well, it, of course this is happening because you made it yourself. Yeah, exactly. That,
2: that was that was a big thing, but also just realizing that you know the epiphany is not the end game. And in fact, the epiphany doesn't really mean much. Epiphanies don't really mean much at all. Uh, Like what I shoot for now in therapy is I shoot for, huh, that's cool. And that's it. Like just that, that's what I want. It's like, yeah, huh, that's cool. And I used to write down everything when I was in uh, therapy. I used to write down every single thing, looking for that epiphany, looking for that fucking sentence, looking for that phrase, that one thing that I could hold on to. Uh, But, none of it stuck not a single bit of it stuck and now I just go into therapy and I just talk and if there's something that I think is like worth thinking about then I'll write it down but it's only if it's worth thinking about like if like right. if that's something that I need to think about and I could think about that and that might take me to a, a better might take me to the next level then that's fucking great but you know chasing chasing the epiphany and chasing the the perfect. I think that's maybe what I was chasing. I was chasing the perfect brain. What is the what is the brain that I can find where I will finally be on the level of everybody else who doesn't have to deal with this shit?
3: I mean, we work in entertainment, so that is just never going to be real. <laughs> that uh, no one that would that chooses what we do for a living will ever really, I think, truly ever be at peace. No, because no. you're not only are you chasing the perfect brain, but you're chasing the perfect project. You're chasing the. perfect perfect a career move you're chasing the perfect anything else as yeah. well it's a constant flux of nothing ever being all right and that's something that we're also struggling with i imagine yeah it's uh, it's also good to remember to take a step take a side step and look at what's going on and being like okay well no, this is good. This is a good thing for us to do. It's a
2: good thing. You know, it's a good TV show. Is Doom Patrol?
3: Oh yeah, is that like Paw Patrol? <laughs> <laughs> That's the one about little cartoon dogs, and I think that they have occupations.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <No>. <laughs> um, I don't know what Doom Patrol is, but you did tell me to watch the television show Dark, and I just didn't know what was going on. You got. I guess with I need it. to give it more time. Oh, you got to
2: stick with dark dark is my favorite television show of the last year it's i mean it's a german show it's like a adult stranger things but with time travel and it's fucking yeah. hard sci-fi and it is fucking crazy it is a mind fuck. It's a mind bend. It's one. I mean, it's, it is, but thick it, it's, is it's what real it is. Thick.
3: It is hard. <laughs> it is
2: hard fucking sci-fi. And you got to learn all these German names.
3: Yes. Yeah.
2: That's that. I mean, if you, if you just get used to guys being named like Magnus.
3: Yeah. is young. Kant. <laughs> I need to give it more time. I think the problem was that I was watching it stoned and in bed at night. And I was just like, I kept like kind of closing my eyes and opening back up and being like, what's happening? What is possibly happening? It's German and you have to pay very,
2: very close attention to everything because it is, it is reading subtitles and it is also a fantastically complicated story. But it's fucking beautiful. I love
0: it. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need.
3: Oh, my God. Speaking of which, I haven't even been able to talk about this on page seven yet because we watched this last night. Have you watched any of the Midnight Gospel yet?
2: No, I don't even
3: know what that is. I think that you might enjoy it, but I also am not sure. It's very heady. It is. It's um, the dude that made Adventure Time. Ah. Met, uh, and so it's like in that same kind of but he also it's also created by this dude duncan trussell i don't really listen to podcasts so i don't really know him but apparently he does a lot of like very intense J- jeff was talking all about it to me i don't know anything about it but <laughs> the show and so i'll just give you an example of why i think you particularly might like it it's like it has this loose outer like of what the plot is the where you, fo- you follow this like space DJ. He's a space caster mm-hmm. and he goes through all these different worlds because he has a universe simulator. So in every episode he goes into a different world but the meat of the episode is based on a conversation like an interview that he had with someone. So the third episode is where he's talking to Damien Eccles about the powers of Ooh. meditation oh. and that is what it is but also it's in this world where what they are talking about, you can tell it's, like, cut up and interjected with, like, what the characters, like, the side characters would say to move them along in the animation. But the conversations, it like, you have to pay attention. And after the third episode, my brain hurt. Yeah. Because it is, like, they are all very intense topics. And I really think that you and Carolina would enjoy it. We'll watch it tonight. That'd be one. Well, I mean, of course, tonight. It's Monday night. It's Ninety
2: Day Fiance. Night.
3: Ninety Day Fiance. So. <laughs> I was about. I was about three seconds be like, but it's Monday, Marcus. <laughs> uh, what we all do separately and yet separate but together, yeah. brain wise, is watching Ninety Day Fiance because I know that I talked about with Carolina. But um, I gotta. I gotta ask just fast question. All right. Who is your favorite character of this season? We are talking about Ninety Day Fiance before the ninety days. Darcy, Darcy, I my God. Oh my god, Darcy. Oh my god, oh my god. Tom, rip Tom, it up, uh, Stace! Rip it up, Stace! <laughs> I, Darcy, oh my god, it's Tom. What are you gonna do? you gonna be? I am not in your meal <laughs> anymore, Tom. <laughs> you,
2: just, you just come in here. You just come in here, and you just think that you just come in and, and just and just apologize to me and Snow. What's gonna happen, Tom? Snow, what's gonna happen? You're like, just sp- go on. <laughs> shut
1: up.
3: Uh, uh, everyone has their own Darcy. I, I just don't feel comfortable with that. I don't feel comfortable with that, Tom. I don't feel comfortable with that. Uh, um, he I love. Her. Just come in. Just come in here.
2: The Darcy crying face. The. It was I think The Scrunch Face I think it was I think it was like 3 or 4 episodes ago but Darcy and her fucking sister Stacy both of them at that restaurant both of them trying to cry but neither one of them being able to because they're so fucking full of Botox <laughs> <It's so
1: blasted>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I rewound and watched that shit like 3 times god it was fucking amazing so
3: amazing I I want to be Darcy my goal (laughs) someday is to look and to be Darcy she is not that much older than me I I I'm on my way I just my hope is for one day to be able to walk into a meeting with an ex while wearing a pantsuit that also has a cape with a plunge (laughs) that comes down to her belly button because you know what as much as if it was a bit of a ridiculous look for a midday lunch conversation I will say that that outfit was fire as the children say it was great it was a great outfit I love everything about her, and this season, um, Holden referred to this season as a grower, not a shower, and I think that that is the best way to describe this season of Ninety Day Fiance. And also, heads up alert: I don't know if you watched Ninety Day Fiance the other way.
2: Yes, the, well, the uh, the other way you mean the best Ninety Day Fiance? It's by far the best.
3: Oh my god, <laughs> it's coming back! I know, Marcus Parks. I know, June second. Turkey and Sumit, we call her Turkey <laughs> because she goes, oh the load blow, oh, the Lord blow oh, Sumit why did you not tell me you're married? girl you are better than that but we're not gonna go down that hole right now Um, and I'm so excited for it to come back on June 2nd and you know, I I know that there is there is no need for a 90 day fiance podcast on this network but I will say Holden and I are almost there with what we have been doing <laughs> because I love Ninety Day Fiance and I don't care who knows it. It's it is our
2: brain turnoff show here at the Park Hidalgo household where we you fucking we love it. Yeah, but we're we are fully into it. I can't wait to see what Jenny and Submit are up to. Can't love wait to it. see what uh fucking what's her name the the All weird g- the girl with the awful crow tattoo. <sighs>
3: Honestly, you know what? It is crazy how much time we spend with them. The second they're not around, I don't remember any of their names. No, no. I can. I, I. will. The second I jump back in, i be like, "Oh yes!" I, and then I can sit next to someone and explain every minute detail of that person's life. But the it's crazy how our brain protects us. That <laughs> it. it uh, it's gone. All of the information gone. is gone.
2: I mean, the only one that I, the only names that I will never forget because they're my favorite is Paul, Paul and Carini.
3: Paul. Well, that and Angela and Michael. See, I'm I'm definitely an Angela and Michael.
2: Oh, Angela and Michael are pretty great. But I just said, just, cringy. I want a divorce.
3: Divorce out? <laughs> Kare- divorce <how? laughs>
2: Karini, I am not going to be sleeping with you until you get a pregnancy test.
3: Oh, no. Oh, poor <laughs> Karini. She doesn't have to have sex with worm ass Paul, huh? Poor girl. has the forego from that three minute experience that she has to endure? I'm going to probably <laughs> say twice a week.
2: What a bizarre <laughs> human being. You know, and that's Ugh. that's what I love about the show is that these are just fucking such strange people. And I can't stand a boring one. I don't want a boring one at all. No. Like, just give me some, like, true... Like, that's what Paul's great... Uh, and I think Big Ed, Big Ed does not... He's
3: not a strange person. No, I think he's just an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, a, that's the worst part is I feel like everyone's like, but I know that he, he's got... He has issues. He has physical issues. Yeah. But he can't be that big of a bastard. It's like, yeah, dog. Yeah. You can hate him. You're <laughs> allowed to hate him. He's a think, piece of shit. Yeah,
2: you're allowed to think he's an asshole. Yeah. But I just. Yeah. I, I like the truly strange people like Paul. That That's. And Darcy. Darcy is a truly bizarre human being. Do you think? Yes. Do you think that house they live in? Do you think that's inherited money or do you think that's alimony money?
3: I, th- I, uh, hands down alimony money. <laughs> there is, I think that they a thousand percent <laughs> run on past relationships. And also, I get it. You know? Do you do you? I think that's great. Yeah. I fucking wish, are you kidding me? If I had the kind of pizzazz to have multiple alimony payments coming in every month. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Put more columns out in front of the house. (laughs) I want it to be more gregarious. I would have so someday Marcus I'm going to show up I'm going to show up to the studio in a pantsuit that plunges down to my belly button with a cape and you are going to be like she's she's finally become her truest form
2: she's finally there you're not going to be able to move your fucking face because of how much Botox is in it you're going to be barely recognizable
3: I've already given up my idea as being a uh, uh, having a a career as being an actress so what does it matter I don't need to move my face anymore (laughs) you don't need to I want it all
2: Jeff doesn't no. need, Jeff can just listen to your voice. He doesn't need to read your fucking facial expressions.
3: No, he listens to the episodes when he's not around me. So it's like he already <laughs> likes listening to my voice. He doesn't need to see my face. Nope. He doesn't like my Darcy kisses. So I try to give him Darcy kisses. <laughs> with my, so all out, and then the rest, he's like, I don't like the dead eyes of the Darcy kisses. I need, I like the sparkle of life you have. Understandable, I guess. It's very
2: understandable, yes.
3: And another thing that I did want to talk to you about that I was very excited for myself in quarantine is that I have been watching some episodes, I've been watching things that I've always been meaning to watch, and I'm finally watching Indiana Jones for the first time. And I feel like, why didn't you tell me that Indiana Jones is so fucking hot? What do you mean, why didn't I tell you? He's a professor. <laughs> what are you This draw? is your job. But what, my job is to tell you who the hot guys are? Well, I feel like in Indiana Jones, you could have, you know, it's like a pitch to me because honestly, weirdly enough, his essence of how, of how strong he is kind of reminds me of you, Marcus. I'm going to go ahead and throw that out there.
2: Thank you very much. But I just, I didn't know I needed to pitch Indiana Jones to you.
3: I, I just, I guess I kept, maybe I was scared. Maybe I was scared to say it. Maybe I've already become a Darcy. I'm a little bit of a Darcy over here. Darcy Zabrowski. And I am i was scared to say it. And I, because I've been watching Star Wars for the first time, and I'm watching Indiana Jones for the first time. So you're just in a Harrison Ford hole. I've been in a Harrison Ford, I will throw it out there. My mom always said, Harrison Ford, he can leave his boots under my bed. And I never really got it. Like, I am just never into Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. I don't care about him as uh, as o- o- Oni. What's it? Star Wars. Star Wars. Uh, yeah, Han Solo. Han Solo. I was gonna say I only wanted to say Yoko Ono, <laughs> and I knew that was wrong. <laughs> And, but but him as Indiana Jones, I get it. He's great. Yeah. Now, Indiana
2: Jones and the Temple of Doom, when I was uh, five years old, I watched the VHS tape every single day for an entire summer.
3: I completely, so uh, I've been getting the rundown, and I was like, so we went to sit down to watch Temple of Doom, and I was like, so what do people say about this one? Because I think it's kind of fun. When You know, it's like, it is like the tropes of what I need to know. And we were talking about it, and Jeff had said, like, this is a lot of times, you know, it, it is said that this is too campy of a version of Indian Jones like it's too silly of a movie but that made me love it even more That's what's great about it I love that it. it was silly we were talking about like the idea that although he though he reminded me and I was like isn't that crazy? Can you imagine your Harrison Ford you get two huge franchises that you get to be the cool sexy one in can you imagine that life <laughs> that you're gifted that I mean and of course he worked very hard and I was like they wouldn't be able to do that anymore but then he reminded me that Chris Pratt has Gardens of the Galaxy and Jurassic Park
2: yeah even though Jurassic Park is nowhere near to the level of the I mean I that Guardians, Guardians is pretty great I love the Guardians movies but sure. the Jurassic Park movies are pretty bland
3: and I love, a, if there is a dinosaur in the movie, I will watch it, and I will watch it multiple times, and they're not very good.
2: No, 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 no. The first one's fantastic. The 1994 one still holds up, still looks fucking yeah. great. Uh, you know what other fucking monster movie still holds up and still looks great fucking Aliens. We watched that last night. It's fucking sick. That's fantastic. the second
3: one, right? Yeah. All right.
2: Even though I prefer, yeah, I prefer the first one, but still the second I'm... one is fantastic. Oh yeah, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, the whole reason why is is because of the camp, because of the the ridiculous, like how fucking stupid it is, like how insane it is, like pulling yeah. the fucking Kali mash out today, like pulling the fucking g- heart out of his chest. It's, it's great. Wonderful.
3: Yeah. Scared
2: the shit out of me when I was a kid.
3: Um, yeah, it's actually very upsetting to watch as an adult as well, because, you know, as an adult, when you're coming into this kind of thing, you know, the kind of the beats, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, but the problem is, is that I didn't know which one had which thing. So as I was watching, I was like, oh, this is the one with the with the heart thing. Ooh. And it's very upsetting. Yeah. The only problem was that bitch. I... <laughs> I hated her. I was like, don't save her, Indiana. You've got other things to go. Go hang out. with short round. I love short round.
2: <laughs> no one likes Willie. That's the... She is the weak... She's the weak link in that one.
3: Good boy. <laughs> she is just a garbage. And Not her... The actress... The character was no. just
2: horrible. The character was absolutely awful.
3: I didn't realize that you were going to be rooting for someone to die in an Indiana Jones movie. But, um, <laughs> spoiler alert, she lived. And they kiss. But what I, my favorite part is that, man, does he throw them away? Like, little playthings? Don't come back. And I was like, does she come back in the next 20s? like, And Jeff's like, no, man. No. It, it, different, different lady, different movie. I was like, fuck yeah.
2: Every time, lady don't come back. And kicking Good. up with the crystal skulls doesn't really count.
3: No, that's the one with Shia LaBeouf, right? The
2: Yeah, that's the one where they're swinging with monkeys in the vines and it's terrible.
3: Nah, I probably won't. I also, I know I have to do the original. I watched the moody one, the moody of the first, the prequel movies with Hayden Christensen, but I only watched it because I wanted to have sex with Hayden Christensen. I understand. But, you know, it, um, he's, uh, it's, I don't, I didn't know what was going on, but I did watch it. I'll get back to it. But this is great. Look at how we shift. Marcus, we are unbelievable. We can do anything we put our minds to. Anything. We decided at all. we didn't want to do it. We could talk about we could talk about anything. We can do it forever. But I think that this is the end of our episode. I think it is. I got to
2: go make, I got to go help
3: my wife make meatloaf. My wife.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how much our, yeah, because in the old days it would have been like, okay, yeah, I got to go out to the back patio and drink for about three hours. And, and chain smoke, smoke
3: my, three packs of cigarettes. Yes, and and chain yes.
2: yes, chain smoke three packs of cigarettes and then go back to uh, my apartment and have a tall boy uh, and fall asleep watching uh, Nazi documentaries. And now it's, I not know, I got to go walk my dog and, you know, make some meatloaf and Watch ninety day fiance, and it's isn't uh, our
3: life. Our life is better. So much our better. Our life is better. Now. It might be
2: more boring, but it's better.
3: And sometimes that's a problem. I watch Fleabag. Sometimes I get the itch where I'm like, maybe I should be a little bit more self destructive. <laughs> I'm so boring now, but no, I don't. Want, Fleabag was triggering for me, but I won't go down that hole right now. I understand. Um, I get it. I, but quick, last question, Marcus. How do you make your meatloaf? What do you top it with?
2: Uh, we got a good ketchup. And mustard powder sauce going. That's that's the sauce. That's Carolina's whole thing. She's got this mustard powder. She's got the uh, onions. She's got the ketchup. There's a whole lot mixed in together. It's very traditional but man, she knows how to magically make it.
3: Man, I love having a fucking meatloaf conversation. Just so you guys know, essentially, mine is a big Italian meatball in a meatloaf, but on top we put red sauce and mozzarella cheese. Ooh. So everybody makes a meatloaf different, but fuck do I love meatloaf. All right, sorry. sorry, sorry. <laughs> Uh-oh, <laughs> somebody's hungry. <laughs> we love you guys so much. Yeah, I love y'all. Thank y'all very much for uh, listening. We really appreciate it. That,
2: and yeah. I hope, hope it's been a fun little walk down memory lane, and uh, uh, I hope we did not open up the Pandora's box of our mental health once again. Oh,
3: it's kind of fun and kind of scary. <laughs> did we stand on a landmine today? <laughs> we, we won't know until the middle of the night. We love you. And Marcus, thank you so much for joining me on the LPN show. I love you, and I miss working with you professionally. Yeah, you too. But I love that you are still in my life.
2: Yeah, you too, Jackie, on everything.
3: <laughs> I love you, you guys, know. and we will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.